Hello Internet, my name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And this week on the Screen Verdict Podcast, we've got a showdown. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a women's empowerment podcast, one might say, <laughs> mightn't it? Because, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're feminists on the Screen Verdict Podcast, aren't we? This is news to me. Oh, you wouldn't call yourself feminist? I wouldn't call myself anti-feminist. Okay. I don't know if I call myself a feminist either. Tend to avoid these uh, loaded terms. <laughs> yeah. The hot political issues uh, on the podcast. Well, sorry, sorry that I believe in equal rights for women. (laughs) We're having a bit of a showdown about two shows, two HBO new comedies that are really all about women, aren't they? Yeah, we're going to be starting off with the show Veep, starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who plays the vice president. A female vice president. Yeah, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, not playing a male vice president, (laughs) a female vice president. Who would have thought a female (laughs) vice president? (laughs) <laughs> and the other one's fairly self-explanatory it's called girls mm. it's about a group of girls but we'll get into that a bit later <laughs> so i guess we'll talk about uh which, which one is a better show yeah which of these two hbo comedies is worth your time if both mm. but we will be making a decision as mm. to which we prefer i'm ready to talk about uh women and girls because uh i just came back from shoe shopping <laughs> well i was a little late <laughs> Um, Got them right here. Yeah, shake them around a bit just so the listeners of the podcast believe that you've actually got... That's that's the sound of a new shoe hitting the laptop, not an old shoe. That's probably enough. All right, what we're going to do is start off by reviewing the show Veep. Let's get into that. Mm. Veep stands for Vice President? Well, I think that's what VP stands for. Veep just kind of just an on-running, just kind of sounds cooler. So this is a show uh, by the guy who did the British show The Thick of It that we're both fans of. Yes. Yeah? And he's uh, that was a show about sort of British politics. This is a show about American politics and takes place in the vice president's office. Uh, this is a vice president that seems very cut off from the president. Um, I don't think she even speaks to the president all season. Yeah, one of the on-running jokes of the season is, Sue has the president called? No, ma'am. Like, yeah. the, the president yeah. is never interested yeah. in contacting the vice president. Mm. Yeah, and just her staff, and there's a few things that they they try to tackle that se- the season, filibuster reform, some environmental legislation. So it's, it's really a flat-out comedy, though, isn't it? It's not really about the politics. No. It's more about the awkward messy ways that the politics work sort of mm. behind the scenes like who's backstabbing who you've got to cover up how things appear in the media mm. and how the different players are, are trying to play each other mm. i think it's a great setting for a comedy the office of the vice president because it's such a comedic position political position the office of vice president they are literally a heartbeat away from being the president being the most famous and Uh, important political figure in the world they are that close to so much power but unless the president dies they really don't have any power (laughs) so you've got this comedic balance of it's a really important position on one hand but it's not really that important a position and that's a funny the tension of that is really funny so what the show really revolves around is dialogue Mm. the banter between the players so we have some we're sort of like the head of communication policies and the people that, that follow around the vice president mm. and they're all sort of competing with each other just because of personal mm. 
vendettas and not liking this people this and that in yeah. the office. Uh, and also they're trying to move their way up the political ranks. Yeah. So there's a lot of playing each other and also just witty banter and crude banter. Yeah. This is a fairly offensive show. Yeah, I guess. I don't think yeah. it crosses necessarily too many boundaries, mm. but just in terms of the language, uh, they use some words yes. in um, the vice president's office. I'm not sure how much of it we can repeat on the podcast, but a lot of the humour in the show comes from the uniquely sort of direct way that people describe certain things, and it's sort of unexpected. Even the vice president herself will just suddenly drop all these crude sexual references and F-bombs, and I don't think it's cheap, though. I think the lines are generally no, quite clever. They're very though. clever, yeah. No, um, and I guess it sort of shows you, like, shows the vice president in a context that we wouldn't be used to seeing the vice president in, like, you know, whenever they're in front of cameras and things, they can't use words like that. But then when behind the office doors, yeah. The other characters in the show are a bit interesting. Uh, she's got sort of uh, two more younger uh, up-and-go-getter sort of staffers that are fairly ambitious, especially the guy, and he, he's quite funny. He gets very ahead of himself and very excited. I think she gives him a promotion one episode and he gets the press release out in, like, 60 seconds that he's <laughs> being promoted. Um, she's got Tony Hale from Arrested Development as her assistant that just is so loyal uh, and just so, like, on top of everything. And He's quite cute. I like yeah. him when he says things that are, like, uh, there's accusations, a bit of a rift between her and the First Lady, and he says, oh, she's just like that because you're prettier than she is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just seems to understand her very well <laughs> and just, like, will do anything for her. Just one of the lo- a loyal servants. He's not in the job for himself. He's in the job for her. She's got some older guy that does some media stuff. He sort of looks a bit like Louis C.K. <laughs> like, a little bit like a slimmer Louis C.K. Has a fake dog. Yeah. Yeah. He's a bit pathetic. Uh, they're really all pathetic. And then what I thought was really interesting was the character of Jonah. I love Jonah. I thought he was very good. Um, he's the guy who uh, is the White House representative that will come in and liaise uh, the White House, give the White This is what the president wants you to do. You can't do that. The White House would be happy. In the thick of it, we have a minister's office, and the person who liaises from the prime minister is Malcolm Tucker, who is so confident, he is so powerful, he is so loud, he is so bombastic. Like, he is just... <laughs> just you cannot cross Malcolm Tucker. He is the heavyweight political operative. <laughs> Whereas this Jonah guy is, in many ways, the complete opposite to Malcolm Tucker. He is lightweight. He is pathetic. He has no confidence. <laughs> no one has any respect or fear of him in the vice president's office. It sort of, I guess, distinguishes it a bit from the thick of it, where you've got the person who comes in from the sort of big boss. is sort of someone they can walk over a bit. The thing I like about Jonah is the contrast between how when he turns up there, he's tall and gangly and everyone doesn't respect him and makes fun of him. He's the subject of a lot of their jokes. But he considers himself really important because he's from the White House. And he's always trying to pick up girls by saying, oh, I work at the White House. Or whenever he arrives at their office, he's like, oh, I just came up from the White House. Yeah, I love it. Um, You guys will have to listen to me because I just came from the White House, bitches, or something like that. It was just... (laughs) I think Jonah's great for the show, both in terms of his character and also just his one-liners. I think the things he says when he's really excited about there being lots of bread in a restaurant and the bread comes, and he says, it's like two grain silos banged in here. 
has been toned down a bit for the <laughs> podcast. But <laughs> I just think those odd sayings from Jonah are just yeah. top notch. Yeah, I just think he's great. So, Matt, was there anything you particularly liked or disliked about the show? I, I guess it's really just the writing and the cast. They really do an exceptional job, and the dialogue is great. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really really good. Yeah, what I like about the show is the comedy, the quality of the jokes, and the hits per minute mm. are both really high for me. Yeah, and I think this is due to the writing, the fast. Um, sharp dialogue and the delivery. I think you've got a really strong cast here. Mm. The thing for me was in around the first sort of four episodes, we're kind of just getting introduced to things and kind of the focus I think is on the dialogue in the last four episodes of the season. We get a bit more story Mm. and I like that. We need to be sort of invested in something over a longer period of time, but I don't think the story really went anywhere that important. Mm. And I think the amount of jokes sort of was sacrificed and replaced by time being spent on story. Yeah. So I don't think it went downhill, but I, I think I enjoyed it. was a bit uh, entertained a little bit more in the first half. Mm. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, like, I'd say the only things I really disliked about the show was that it was only eight episodes. <laughs> and also, so it's like, you didn't, you couldn't build the momentum with it. Like, I think if there was another eight episodes, like it was a 13-episode season, you would have, like, really been loving the characters and the jokes a bit more, you know? Well, Matt, it's been renewed for a second season yeah. of ten episodes. So you'll yeah. have a whole two more episodes to uh, <laughs> run that over next year. <laughs> yes. So that's good. To um, be fair, they're coming from an English television background where six episodes is considered a season. This yep. ten must well, seem crazy. I feel like in England, uh, in England, more often than not, six episodes is considered like a long series run. They're like, oh, we've done six episodes. We don't want to overstay our welcome. Let's... They're so polite, the British. They're like, oh, people have enjoyed the past eight episodes. We don't want to. We don't want to overstay our welcome and have people not like us anymore. We'll uh, we'll get off the air while we're still hot. Yeah, I felt like perhaps it was heard a little bit that I was comparing it a lot to In the Thick of It. And I just love that Malcolm Tucker character. And I'm not sure if in these eight episodes any of the characters rose to his like level of comedy or gold. And I think like in the thick of it was a slightly more polished show and better show. But then again, like I'm thinking the thick of it season three is what I'm comparing it to. Like season one of the thick of it was a bit more rough around the edges and like did take you a bit longer to get to know the characters. So yeah, I think the only thing that's hurt by is I'm comparing it to a show that I really, really like. Is there anything else you didn't like about it? No, not at all, really. I, I compared it to the thick of it as well, but I think it held, holds up quite well. Okay. So, not not too many complaints. Okay. He, okay, here's, here's a fun question. Let's say you're vice president, and you've got this staff. Who do you fire? Who do you keep? Like, Do, do you want any of these people on your staff? I think the cast sort of screws up quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I think that sort of... You are the vice president on a comedy series. Stuff has to go wrong. Like, yeah. It can't just be everything works out well. But I think with uh, Tony Hale's character, Mike, and I think Amy, they're all pretty loyal. Yeah. I think uh, Sue does a good job of keeping you organised. Hmm. Dan, not so trustworthy, Dan. 
But I do like he's he's crafty. He, he will get things done. He, if you, I think you need a guy with a bit of dirt on him, a bit of grime in your office. Because he's going to be the guy to go into the trenches. If you need to backstab him, Dan's your guy to do it. Wait, okay, okay. Is Dan the slick guy or the Louis C.K. guy? The slick guy. The slick guy. Yeah, no, I think you definitely want Dan on your team. It seems like he's he's got ideas, he's going to do them, he's going to get in there, he's going to network, he's going to get stuff done, he might make mistakes along the way, but I feel like he's going to be doing work for you and the kind of guy you want on your team. And then I think you want Tony Hale because he's going to be loyal. I think the girl's pretty good. Like, she seems to do a competent job. I feel like... Uh... Louis C.K. guy is not bringing much to the table. <laughs> I feel like might be firing the guy who looks like Louis C.K. <laughs> yeah, it seems like he's there primarily to write speeches and they consist mostly of bad jokes. Yeah. So perhaps, yeah. perhaps you could replace Mike. Yeah. Uh, and Jonah, I guess you can't get rid of because he works at the White House. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd definitely be getting rid of him if we could. So there we go, Veep. So I guess later on, when we're giving our verdict, we'll give Veep a score and see if it's better than Girls. So moving along to Girls, uh, the new HBO show. Now, uh, this... basically just doing Sex in the City again. It's Sex and City though with twenty something. Yeah, not if they, they rewound yeah. the clock, I don't know, forty years or something. Hmm. Um, this would be Sex in the City. What was your thoughts going into this series before you started watching it? I'd heard a little bit about it that it had quite good critical reviews. It was similar to Sex in the City in these ways, but with young girls. I thought if I was making the show myself, I'd want to, I guess that comparison is good a little bit to market it, but if you want to be considered a great show in your own right, you kind of want to pull away mm. from that reference. Mm. There's a Sex in the City poster that is not only prominent visually, but talked about in the first episode. <laughs> so obviously they're okay with the yeah. comparison. <laughs> they want that, that Sex in the City attention. So it's almost like, just in case no one had started talking about us being the next Sex in the City, <laughs> let's just talk about the show in the show that will hopefully get people to start talking about us being like Sex in the City. So, like, um, guy joins a basketball team and sort of goes, oh, you know, I'm a big uh, fan of that Michael Jordan guy. He's a pretty good guy. Like, uh, you know, I sort of, like, learnt... I definitely grew up watching him play and influenced me a lot. I feel like you seem to, <laughs> you reference Michael Jordan fairly often on the podcast. Like, it's like not topical. Like you don't even really, like you never even play basketball. Like what's the fascination with Michael Jordan? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's just a cool guy. I like him. <laughs> I just, I think like when I was growing up in the nineties, he was just so huge. Like he was just the quintessential great sport, great athlete of our childhood. I guess, <laughs> like, correct? Like, I guess there's really no one like Michael Jordan when we were growing up, right? Oh, I know what it is. It's Space Jam. <laughs> it's Space Jam. That's I it. did love Space yeah. Jam. Oh, who doesn't? Yeah, I did love Space. <laughs> there's an idea for a podcast. <laughs> A Space Jam podcast. Maybe if there's an anniversary, like the 20th anniversary of Space Jam or something. I'd be very keen for that. So the premise of the show is that there are four girls, about 24, I think. What? 24? What? Sorry, I was reading a Facebook message. (laughs) This is why you can't... I don't let you multitask. You can't do it. You say you can. Um... There are four girls who are about 24 years old. Oh, 24 years old, right. At least there are 24 girls. I was like, no, there's four. Yeah, well, I didn't make a mistake, you did, so I don't know why you're bringing it up again. 
And it's about them trying to live in New York and sort of being cut off from your parents. You've just finished uni or college or whatever. And it's about that time in your life where you have to survive on your own and figure out what you want to do, who you want to be with, all that kind of funky Mm. jazz. Well, they do, like, although, like, it's about girls trying to survive on their own, they do a surprising little amount of work. (laughs) Like, I don't see any of these girls really ever work. Like, one does some babysitting for a couple of episodes and other sort of works, like, at at an office for a couple of weeks. But it, it seems like... Seems like life's pretty rough for 20-something-year-old girls. They can just hang out all day, not working. Of the four, one of them is the main character. We have Hannah. Yes. And the show starts off with with her being cut off from her parents, and she wants to be a writer. Not the easiest thing to make money from at the age of 24. And she lives with her friend Marnie, uh, who has a boyfriend, Charlie. They've been together forever. Hmm. She seems a bit more successful with her work. I think she's got her money in order. Yeah. And they have a friend, Shoshana, yeah. who's kind of the dumb one, I guess. That's her kind of... Ro- like, not dumb, dumb, dumb not but dumb. Yeah. I guess she's the... Uh, she's a bit of a Charlotte, that one. Yeah, I guess. She's very uh, excited, bubbly personality, talks a lot, says what's on her mind. Maybe has a slightly more simple, naive view of the world, but I wouldn't call her an idiot. And her cousin, Jessa, who is the blonde one, she's English, has an accent, and mm. she's a bit of a free spirit, always causing trouble, does her own thing. Wears hats. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Wearing a hat. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I heard about this show, when I started watching the pilot, I thought, this is a show I am going to hate. <laughs> I hate these shows about girls just talking about their problems and and complaining, and it seems like people, like, on these shows generally tend to be very self-obsessed. Like, uh, I found it so annoying, that Sex and the City show, and I watched it, that Carrie's, like, typing her blog, where you just heard all her thoughts, which are just so self-involved, and turned everything into about herself. So, I thought I would hate this show. Surprisingly, about halfway through the season, I was actually going, I'm not hating this show as much as I thought I would. I'm not hating these characters as much as I thought I would. I'm not loving them, but uh, I'm happy to watch what they're up to and what they're talking about. I didn't think I'd hate this show. I just thought I might have a bit of trouble relating to it. But in the first episode, we're introduced to Hannah. She's just finished uni. I just finished uni. She wants to be a writer. I want to be a writer. Oh. She's going out in the world trying to make it on her own. I go, oh, I can perhaps relate to this. And She relies on her parents for a lot of support. (laughs) So do you. We don't need that at the podcast. It's <laughs> <just> mean. <laughs> and we find out throughout the show that she's kind of quirky and funny, but has her flaws and she's quite self-deprecating. And I think this is quite an interesting and realistic and relatable character. Mm. Yeah. The problem for me was with the other characters. Okay. I couldn't stand Marnie and I couldn't stand Jessa. And Shoshana's kind of likeable, but I didn't find her really that realistic and she's not really featured prominently in the show. Mm. The other characters just frustrated me. And I wasn't sure if it wasn't realistic. Maybe it was realistic, but just everything they did, I disagreed with. Mm. I was like, no, don't do that. And I would actually get physically irritated and annoyed while watching the show. So this is allegedly a comedy. Yes. It's ended the comedy for the Emmys. I watched the first two episodes, and I'm not sure I laughed. And it wasn't because they were bad jokes. They just weren't jokes. Yeah. You could say this is, in a way, a drama, but just sort of 
odd things happen, awkward things happen, and I guess you can laugh at them. Hmm. Throughout the show, I, I did start to find things funny and, yeah. and laughed a little bit, but it's not an out-and-out, one-line-a-laugh-a-minute type show. Hmm. I would agree. It's more of a drama, really. Like, you know, Boston Legal and House can be funnier than this show is. <laughs> and they're both dramas. So I, I get there are shows that sort of, you know, there's a grey area between drama If this and show was an hour long, it would be entered in the drama Yeah, category. no question. That is basically, yeah, that no seems question. to be the definition. Yeah. Half an hour or an hour yeah. show. Although, In Treatment was a half hour HBO show that entered in the drama category. So like, and that clear, you could not argue that was a comedy at all. It was fairly hard yeah, to yeah, laugh. Like, yeah, in treatment. treatment, people just going and like, talking about being abused and, and, and stuff like that in therapy sessions and people's marriages breaking up. And yeah. So yeah, but it, I agree. It was an hour show. No question. It would be in the drama category. My opinion on girls seemed to waver. It would go back and forth mm. in between quite liking it and hating it. I would have this, I, there was something would happen in the show and I'd just get really angry. I might even hit the desk. I'd be like, oh, I hate this show. Yeah. And then I'd watch like three more in a row. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I was kind of invested in the characters. Mm. So what I think in it, in some ways that's good, is mm. create a world which like is realistic, it's believable characters, but at the same time, I guess like in real life, and that's, I think, largely a point of the show, also very frustrating and yeah. hard to deal with. Mm. Yeah, I found, I was sort of similar, except I went from thinking this show's average, sort of going, oh, yeah, it's okay, sort of enjoying watching this, to, oh, this show's terrible. Like, oh, I don't like where they're going with this. Oh, it's just like, yeah, so I sort of went up and down, but I didn't really ever quite like it. It was more sort of, yeah, it's okay. So if we were to pick out a couple of things to like, what, what would you highlight, Matt? I know the critics have been very crazy about leaning down, but I actually did find stuff to like in all the other characters. Like I, I found um, it was it was a quite well rounded group. You had different personalities and stuff, and it was sort of interesting to see them together. On this show, I can understand why they're four are friends, and I can see them like make decisions or, or, or talk to each other in ways that brings them closer as friends. Or maybe when they have a fight, pushes them apart. But like. I get all that, so I, I at least found the relationships believable. So I like that. I like some of the guy characters, because it's called girls, but there are guys in the show as yeah. well. Well, girls like guys, and they go out with guys. Some of them do. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy that Hannah is seeing is called Adam, and I think he's quite a funny and complex and interesting character, and he also sometimes do, does things that frustrate me. But I think most of the time that he's on screen, he's being interesting. He's doing something that perhaps I haven't seen in other shows before. And Marnie is dating someone called Charlie. Oh, Charlie. And oh. Charlie has a friend. I don't want to... <laughs> Charlie has a friend called Ray. And he is obnoxious and crude, but he's funny. Like, he plays a douchey character, and I think he does the douchey character well. I think he's, a, he's aware of his douchiness. Yeah. Here's a tip for douchebags out there. <laughs> if you are aware that you are douchey, it's a lot more lovable and acceptable than people who are douches and oblivious to the fact they're douches. And he's not totally a douche. Uh, throughout the, no. Towards the end of the season, you get to see him be yes. sort of himself outside of this douchey persona, yes. which is more just for entertainment. Yeah. So I think sometimes male shows get criticised for how they portray women. In this show, we have a female creator and writer writing men, and I think she's done quite a good job of writing the men. Has she? I can't relate to any of these guys. Well, I wouldn't call myself an Adam 
or a Charlie or a Ray, but I can identify with parts of them, and I think that they're believable. And most importantly, while watching a TV show, I find them at least sometimes entertaining. Okay. Yeah, I, I found that. Uh, who's who's Marnie's boyfriend? You're Charlie. You're a Charlie. Who's Charlie? Marnie's boyfriend. Oh, that guy is so pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Charlie. <laughs> this is like. He, like, shaves his hair and gets all emotional. He shaved his hair for some cancer thing. And he, like, so did it without checking with her. It was very bizarre, like... What? That You're even lamer than Charlie. You would have checked with your girlfriend whether you can cut your hair first. I would have told her I was going to do it. So what I thought would be a bit of fun for uh, the girls' cast is to do a bit of a uh, screw-marry-kill. We've got four girls... We're feminists, so we're going to play like, screw out and kill with these four <laughs> fine ladies. So, <laughs> so uh, and this is be good because we can discuss what we think about each of these females as well as we go through this. So that'll be good. So, Jonathan, uh, we'll start off with you. What would you? Who would you do? I'd kill Jessa. That's an easy one because I don't like her, and everyone in the show seems to talk about how attractive she is, hmm. but I don't. I don't really see it. I, I don't like her at all. Is this one of the things where she acts like she's attractive, and it makes people think she's attractive? Apparently, but apparently not with me. Okay, Marnie's a tough one because I don't like her either, but I think she is quite attractive. I think I'll kill her as well. Whoa! Two kills. <laughs> so that leaves Shoshana and Hannah. With Shoshana, I think she's perhaps the nicest of the four, but the problem with her is I find her naivety and obsession with appealing to the other girls a bit of a turn-off, so I wouldn't really want to marry her. And while she's quite attractive, I don't think I'd want to screw her either because she's a virgin and... Yeah. I don't think I just want to be, like, the first guy to just screw her, like, for a one-time thing for the purpose of a game. I feel like that's a bit mean. So instead, I'm going to kill her. I think we just just avoid that problem by killing her. Wait, 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 wait. You can't kill three. You've killed three. You're not allowed to do that. That's, you've broken, like, the game. You've got to screw when you've got to marry when you've got to kill one. You can't kill three. All right, I'm glad you've addressed that now, because I was probably going to kill Hannah as well. Really? <laughs> I would have killed all the characters in this game. Why don't you like Hannah? You, you were talking about how you liked Hannah before, and now you want to kill her? I like her watching her, because I think she's awkward and funny and interesting, but she's crazy. I couldn't be married to her. It would drive me insane. I'd hate it. But she's easily <laughs> the least attractive of the four, so I'm not going to screw her either. Okay, well you've got to pick like you've got to pick one to screw, one to marry, and two to kill. Seeing as you're forcing me to do it, yeah. I'm going to screw Shoshana and marry Hannah, even okay. though one's going to make me feel bad and one's going to drive me insane. Okay, I am going to kill Hannah. You know, she's the voice of a generation, according <laughs> to herself. Uh, but and uh, I'm sorry, maybe this generation doesn't need a voice. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I was going to screw Shoshana, but I'm thinking I might marry Shoshana. I think she looks good. Like, I think, you know, I think she'd be good. Um, you know, I, I do, you know, I think it's nice. Uh, you know, she'd save herself for marriage. That'd be cool to marry her. And, like, I, I also think she is, as you said, the nicest person there. And, yes, 
she would be to be married to her would be very grating and very annoying at times. But I think the fact that she is the nicest person there, and that she also um, says what's on her mind, shows Shana would at least be open and honest with you when she was struggling, and you could work through it. So I think I could make it work with Shoshana. And uh, I'm going to screw Marnie. I think she's the she's the hottest. So we've given a different set of three, but we're in agreement that we killed Jessa. Oh, yeah, I'm still what I'm going to do with that's, Jessa. Yeah. That's something okay. we can all rally behind, well, well, killing well, okay. Jessa. Oh, not marrying Jessa. She's not unattractive, and it seems like she's had experience. And I generally don't like killing people. So I, I might sleep with her. <laughs> I might sleep with her. See if I can pull, like, a seedy, disgusting man from, like, later on in the season and maybe try to sleep with uh, Jessa and Marnie together. (laughs) Well, there you go. I wonder, now we're up to the point, I guess, where we give our verdicts and we declare a winner as to which is the better one. I wonder which one will win. I wonder if Veep or Girls will come out on top. So we'll each give a score out of 10, add them up, combine score. Yep, I'll get out my calculator to do the calculations. <laughs> Not because you need a calculator to add things out of 10. It's podcast tradition. Yep. Um, well, we want it to be official. We don't want human error to come into play. Okay. Okay, Veep. I think it was a great show. Very funny. Great cast. Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Perhaps as good as she's ever been. Perhaps as good as she ever been. Definitely better than she was in The Adventures of Old Christine. <laughs> Sorry, The New Adventures of Old Christine. Um, I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. I think it's still got room to grow for that second season and improve. Um, I'm not setting a too high like cap on it that I'm, oh, now I don't know what to give it. Uh, but I think very, very strong season. Great show. 8.5. Yep, I love the first season of Veep. I thought it was a good setting, good cast. Very funny. I was laughing a lot. I think there is room for the show to grow and then find the balance between the comedy and the story in the show. Hmm. But I think it'll this will be one of my favourite comedy shows of the season. Mm. I, too, am going to give it an 8.5 out of well, 10. Complete agreement. Girls. I, I personally don't enjoy this show as much. I found parts of it bad and parts of it okay. Um, I'm going to give it a 5.5 out of 10. I feel like bad and okay should average out to less than five. I spoke to the creator this week. I don't want to, like, come out with a fail grade for her <laughs> show after, you know, speaking to the voice of a generation. <laughs> the voice of our generation. This is our voice, this show. I thought this show was fairly realistic. At times, I was engaged in, with and cared about the characters. I thought it could be funny, but... There weren't really enough laughs for a comedy show and some scenes were just bad and sometimes I just got so frustrated and angry by what the characters would do and I would just really hate the show. Hmm. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. (laughs) Okay, very similar. Okay, so we'll add it up and declare which one is the better show. You want to just talk to fill in some time, John, while we do the calculations? Yeah, it's 17 and 10 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me just double check that one. Yeah, okay, good. Um, okay, we've got the we've got the scores out. We've uh, punched them through, and we have the show Veep on a score of seventeen, and girls on ten and a half. So uh, Veep wins. 
Veep wins the Veep stakes, the, the girls' HBO comedy competition. So not only do we prefer it to girls, we highly recommend it. I think yeah, everyone listening so. to the podcast has to check out Veep yeah, because we both enjoy it a lot. Very good. Could be our favourite comedy of the year. Could be. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking that this and, and Curb are my two favourites. Mm. And I know I like this season of Curb more than you did, so maybe, yeah, Veep yeah, could be like a favourite. Maybe, yeah. Mm. Actually, I gave It's Always Sunny 8.5 as well. So it's up there. It's up there. Well, now let's uh, crack open the housekeeping. The housekeeping door is open. Keeping it real in the house. Okay. So, how many of these have we done? We've got a better intro than that. Okay. We've got three things on the housekeeping. Firstly, we've got, I'll be very quick with this, a Game of Thrones competition. It closes at the end of the month. Post on our Facebook wall a tagline for Season 3 of Game of Thrones. It just has to be, something is coming. You don't have to watch the show, you don't even know anything about the show. Just type on our wall, something is coming. And if you also like our podcast on Facebook, you could win a Game of Thrones book, and then you can get into Game of Thrones. So uh, enter that competition by the end of this month. We'll announce the winner sometime in July. We've also uh, got something uh, a bit exciting coming up. Our one-year podcast versary. <laughs> um, that, Screen verdict. Yeah. Been on the internet airways for close to a year close now. To a year. Yeah. And uh, I believe our first episode came out on the fourth of July. Um, so uh, our first podcast after the fourth of July will will mark our one-year anniversary. Uh, which is very exciting. And I thought it's something fun we could do, Jonathan, uh, for the one-year anniversary. I thought we could buy each other a gift. An anniversary An anniversary gift. present for each other. I yeah. hope you remember. That would be <laughs> embarrassing for the relationship. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get each other a $5 limit. <laughs> and we've got to buy something for each other, $5 limit, and we will open these gifts on our anniversary podcast and hopefully have great reactions. This is where I buy you a car and accuse you of not as caring as much as I do. $5 limit. I thought it would be good um, to talk a bit on the girls slash women podcast. A little bit about uh, some girl issues going on. Uh, I've, I've alluded to it previously in the podcast. I'll keep people updated. Yeah, asked a girl out the other week. Didn't go very well. Gotta know. So, yeah, if anyone from the podcast has some uh, great big romantic gesture to try and uh, win her back, they want to send in, we can uh, <laughs> win her over. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if anyone sends any messages, I think they should be along the lines of move on. Yeah. No, don't put any crazy <laughs> ideas in Matt's head. Get a hot air balloon and a top hat and a squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get her back for sure, man. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you do have a suggestion for a big romantic gesture, don't post it on the wall. Send, <laughs> send me a message. <laughs> I like if the message on a wall was from her, just saying, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um, you set me a target at the beginning of the year, Jonathan, ask out 20 girls. So I'm, uh, what, one or two down now. So... <laughs> Got to got to pick up your uh, your rate a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, perhaps try not to ruin old and valuable friendships <laughs> next time. <laughs> Unfortunately, the showgirls was not as big of a help 
for me to understand girls that I was hoping it would be. <laughs> They're crazy. Not all girls, the girls in the show girls. Yeah, I'm sure the uh, lovely single girls listening to our Scream Verdict podcast are not crazy. They're, they're lovely people. In which case, you can contact Matt <laughs> through our Scream Verdict page. We've got a Scream Verdict email. Yeah. <laughs> Screamverdict at gmail.com. Send your applications yeah. now. <laughs> Never great to get rejected and, and things like that, but... It's also a bit interesting. Spices up your week. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. There you go, ladies. Matt, the eternal optimist. Yeah. Um, Life just knocks you down, you get back up. All right. Starting to go from sort of optimistic to cliche now. <laughs> <laughs> One more cliche away from sounding like in denial about how depressed I am. <laughs> anyway. I think that's a podcast talking about my girl problems, HBO's girl problems. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed that, guys, and uh, catch you next week. Bye.